Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Thank you. I heard the Lord say, Don't let you let yourself get in the way of God's worship that comes through you. Can I say it again into your spirit? Don't let yourself get in the way of God's worship that comes through you. This time that we just spent in His presence is the most precious, fragrant time to the heart of God. It's not wasted time. It's not trying to fill in time. It is the most beautiful and precious aroma to God. O Mary pouring out the alabaster. So Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus when there were all the preparations that had to be made. And she sat there and the Lord said, she has chosen the better part and this will not be taken away from her. The Lord wants to restore our ability to be in His presence, to rest in His presence, to not rush on, to not rush through, to not do token time with Him. And I pray by the Spirit of God that many lives today, something has been sparked deep on the inside of you. And I pray your greatest revelation leaving tonight from this part that has just been before we move into the Word is this. God loves me being in His presence. God loves me sitting at His feet, enjoying Him, listening to Him, looking at Him. If you don't know what to do, sit in God's presence and just listen. If you're stressed, sit in God's presence and just listen. If you're worried, sit in God's presence and listen. We thank you, Father, for the delight that is your presence. We honor you in this place tonight. And Lord, now we say, speak by your word. Let us go from glory 
to glory. And all the hungry people said, Amen. 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 Come on, give God praise as you find your way back to your seats. Thank you, man. You've been glorious. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. You can grab your seats. Praise the name of the Lord. I might just bring it over this way a little bit because we've got a lot of people over here too. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I didn't recognize my face. I'm clearly getting older. Inappropriate time to laugh, but praise God. I've always uh, wondered what the W in Big W stands for, but now I know Big Will. My glorified body looks like Will's earthly body. I'm not sure what sort of heavenly body you're going to have, bro. I don't know if you have been blessed with it here and now. Um, but I know that the Lord is... I look like Arnold Station working in, in heaven. Praise God. Is there any people that are happy to be believers, followers of Jesus Christ? Are there anyone in the room who is happy to be a blood-bought, devil-defeating, heavenly-minded son and daughter of the Most High God? God is delightfully good. Hallelujah. Are we good tonight? Praise God. What do we have over here? We've got some notes. What are notes? I heard the Lord say in worship, come partner with me. So that's God's invitation to you, to me, to all of us. Come partner with me. Isn't that good? Just think about the wording. That's what he said to me. Because we could hear, just come serve me. No, it's come partner with me. Some of us still have the mentality that God says, come serve me. He goes, no, come partner with me. It's radically different. It's radically different. In fact, Jesus made it clear in John 15 where he says, I no longer call, no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. In other words, a servant just follows instructions. Can I just say to you, okay, let's just, just do that. Can I say to you, you weren't created to follow instructions? Uh, can I put, oh, I really want to preach this. I got one sentence out. I can, I can do it. Who's got confidence in the Holy Ghost in me? I, I can do it. I can do it. I do. I want, I'm, I'm going to do this. I just got to say this. Uh, okay. Is that, I can come preach to you. Are you good? Okay. Are you good? We were not created to follow. I'm like ADHD. <laughs> oh, shiny object over here. Um, we were not created to follow rules, follow instructions, 
I don't want to step on anyone's toes, but don't, don't check out when I say this statement. Stay with me until I explain it. We were not created to follow the Bible. I'm not preaching another religion. Just hear what I'm saying. We weren't created to read a book to know what to do. The book wasn't given in its first part until Exodus 20 after the children of Israel were brought out of slavery and God gave the Ten Commandments. That's not what we were created for. We were created here. God whisper as he walked with us in the cool of the day and what he said, that's what we did. We were created to be led by a voice, not to follow a law. So my question to you is how well do you know the one who speaks, not just know the word that instructs? Let's be people who know the voice. Okay, I'm back on track. I think. Um, I also heard the Lord say, just as I was coming in, and then I'm going to get into the thing that he gave me before I came, and I reckon we're going to have even some notes and slides. I have, I, I, my confidence level is rising. I heard the Lord say, I want you to be responsible for your own spiritual growth. I want you to be responsible. Everyone say out loud, and out loud means out loud. God wants me, God wants me. To, be to be responsible for my own, for my own. Spiritual, growth. spiritual growth. Say it again. God wants me, God wants me. To, be to be responsible for my own spiritual growth. You are as close to God as you want to be. But we're not as close to God as we think we want to be. All of us are as close to God as we want to be. But many times we think we want to be closer to God than we actually are. Because we are distracted by so many other things that grab our attention. Did that make any sense? I, I, I want God. I, there is an invitation from the Father in heaven to be closer. Sometimes I go, I just want to be closer. I want to be closer, but I want to do this and I want to do that. I want to do that. So I'm, I'm, I am as actually as close as I want to be, but not as I think I want to be. I, I think I want to be closer, but I sure want to do this and I want to do that and I want to do this and I want to do that. Does that make sense? And there's an invitation. Uh, that, that, I, I, okay. Jesus, help me here. This is a day and an hour. Where not only the church needs, but hear my heart, the world needs the church to be individuals that say, I am not where I am spiritually due to what they preach on a platform or what I watch on YouTube. That I'm not as spiritual as I am based on what is happening in my life or what is not happening in my life. 
nothing can stop me being as close to God as I want, truly want to be. You need to understand how liberating this is. Because nobody can put a lid on your life. It's impossible. Perception-wise, we can believe we are where we are because of what they did, they did, or what they didn't do, what they didn't do, what happened, what didn't happen, what happened, I'm going to go there, in my last church, what didn't happen in my last church, what the leaders did, what the leaders didn't do, what I thought they should do, what I, and we say that I am where I am because of that rubbish, rubbish, nonsense. I'm not trying to upset you, I'm trying to free you. Because if that's the case, if anyone's got a reason for being spiritually beaten up and stepping back and saying, I can't do it, it's someone like the Apostle Paul. Come on, it's someone like, it's someone that is being beaten and shit. Read his list of what that man went through. I'd have one of them and I'd be in a corner weeping and crying. Come on. It's like, you know, I get a paper cut and I'm upset. This man is beaten and chained. Stop laughing. I'm beaten and chained. He is shipwrecked. He is abused. He is, he, is, he is whipped that many times. This man, if anyone has a reason to say, this is too hard. This is not what I signed up for. It's this man. But he says, after I've been all through that, all these things, I count all but lost for the surpassing greatness of knowing him. He said, this life is so temporary, this doesn't, it doesn't count in, in consideration with eternity with God Almighty. You don't have a lid on your life outside of yourself. I have no lids on my life but myself. But can I tell you really, really honestly, many times I'm a really big lid on my own life. My perceptions, my what I think should happen, what I think shouldn't happen, how much easier I believe it should be. Anyone want to be honest enough with me? I would like it to be a lot easier, God. Can I say Jesus wanted it easier? If it is possible, can you remove this cup from me? If that's not saying, God, I want it easier, I don't know what is. Yet not my will, but yours be done. This is the purpose and reason you sent me, to seek and to save the lost. If there's another way, sign me up. But if there's not, as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, my God can save me, my God will save me. But even if he doesn't, I will not bow down and worship another God. I will not throw away my confidence. No person has ever stolen another person's confidence. We can give it away, but it cannot be taken. Because my confidence is in the Lord. It's not always, sometimes, come on, when I'm disappointed, I think I'm disappointed in God. It's, it's actually that I'm disappointed that I couldn't do what I thought God said I could do, or God didn't do what I thought He could do. I just want this lid to be removed. And by the way, this is not what I'm preaching. This is just warming up. I just want to say there is no lids other than the lids that we allow to come upon our sides. No lids, no lids, no lids, no lids, no lids. No lids. And what I'm talking about is to our closeness to God. 
Don't believe the devil that the lie of the devil that says you can't hear from God and, and that's like for them but not for you. You were created to hear the voice of God. The Lord's just flashing a picture in my mind right now of the old radios where you used to tune the dial to try and get the frequency. We, uh, I wasn't purposely pointing to the silver ear, ear people at the back. But you know what I'm talking about. Just thank you. Work with me, Robin. But you used to, you, you go, it's not working. It's not there. There's, there's no sound. There's, 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 there's nothing on this thing. But you sometimes had to tune it until it came to the right frequency. And then what was there all along in the airway somewhere, you got it. It's not that suddenly someone started a talk. It's just that you tuned in. Some of us need to learn how to attune our voice to the voice of God. You might, and, and stop, can I, can I go there, can I go there? Some of us need to stop saying God's not speaking to me and we actually need to start to say, how do I tune in to hear His voice? And for many of us, we're filling our mind and our ears with so much garbage the rest of the time and then when we want God to speak, He can't get through the clutter because there's so much static. Through the TV, through the radio, come on, through the music, that, the movies that we watch, the Instagram feeds that we're on. Where there's so much clutter that God says, get rid of that, be still, and then you'll know that I'm God. Some of us need to turn down the static and tune into the frequency of His voice. But I'm telling you, by the Spirit of God, with absolute boldness and authority right now, you were created to hear God's voice. Either you're right or God's right. Either God, designer, or, come on. If we, I love God's Word. In fact, tomorrow morning, I plan to preach on God's Word. I can do this, Carol. Okay, no plans. Thank you very much. I've been, I'm free now. And I, 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 I seriously need you to hear what I'm saying. And don't misread this. If you know me at all, you know you got to take the whole thing. But the Word of God being the Bible was not given to people that were so close to God to accompany them hearing, it was given to people that kept on not listening. I'll just let this sink in for a moment. Am I saying get rid of the Word of God? No, I preach the Word, I memorize the Word, it comes out of me all the time, you know that. But I'm got, taking us back to the power of the original intention of God. I'm actually being a prophet right now by equipping you to hear God's voice and telling you you were actually created to hear God's voice. That is your design. Therefore, we should be more surprised when we don't than when we do. If we're surprised when God speaks, we need to get a bit more familiar with leaning in and listening because that's your design. You were created to be led by a voice. The first sin was not eating fruit. It was not listening to God's voice. Yeah. 
Genesis 2, 16 and 17. God spoke to Adam and Eve when he placed them in the garden. And he said to them, you are free to eat from any of the trees in the garden. But do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil evil. Do not eat of the tree that will actually tell you what is right and what is wrong because if you do, you will surely die. Now we would think, surely God wants us to know what is right and what is wrong and that's what we've made the Bible about. But he says you don't need to read a book to know what's right and wrong. You just need to keep on listening to my voice. That's not my plan. His instruction was don't eat of what will tell you what's right and what's wrong, because then you'll start to live by reading laws and not listening to my voice. The whole purpose of God was walk with me. If you hear me whisper something, do it, and you'll stay free. If you don't do it, you'll die. It hasn't changed. And when the devil came in Genesis 3.1, it says that the serpent was more crafty than any of the animals God had made. And he said to the woman, did God say? That's where it started. He questioned the voice of God that mankind was created to listen to. Did God say you cannot eat of any fruit from any tree? It wasn't what he said. He twisted it. And they started to listen. They saw that it was good for food and they took part of it. And then they realized that they were naked and they tried to cover themselves. And then they hid from God. And then God come down and walks with, walks with man in the cool of the day, as was his custom. And he calls out, where are you? And Adam replied, we're hiding because we're naked. And so we hid And I want to tell you what Genesis chapter 3 and verse 11 says. Please, please hear me. Because we have preached that the sin was eating the fruit. Which means the first thing God would have said is, why did you eat the fruit? That's not the first thing he said. It's the second. The first thing he said is, who told you? You were naked. Did you eat the fruit? The, The problem was not eating fruit. It was listening to a different voice than the voice of God. Every time I have sinned, it's because I lifted to a different voice than the voice of God. This will do you good. You'll feel good if you do this. You'll feel good if you say this. You'll justify yourself. You'll get ahead if you skim off the accounts. Come on. There's a lie from the devil that says if you do something different to what God has said, you will get ahead. And it is a lie from the pit of hell. It's never an issue of of the sin itself. That's the fruit of listening to the wrong voice. We were created to be led by a voice. Hearing God is normal and natural for believers. Now by his just jolly goodness and grace, because he's just so, he's a relentless pursuer. That's who God is, eh? When we give up on ourselves, he just keeps on pursuing, keeps on pursuing. Aren't you glad about that? 
And the Word of God is given to us just to reveal what He's like so that we can get back to fellowshipping with Him, not to do away with it. But even the Bible says the Old Testament was all to point to Jesus, not to give us laws to follow, but to point to Jesus. And now He comes and fulfills it. And He says, I'm not doing away with it all, but the very Scriptures that testify about me, you don't come to me. You think it's about obeying the Scriptures. It's actually about walking with me and hearing my voice. If the Word of God doesn't point you to Jesus, if the Word of God doesn't connect you more deeply with Jesus, if the Word of God doesn't empower you to hear God directly and not just through the Word, then the Word of God is actually being approached the wrong way. The question is not how well do, do you obey the Bible. The question is how close are you to God? How closely do you hear God's voice? Are you doing okay? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I wanna I wanna speak tonight about shifts and what is it time for? Shifts, and what is it time for? And I pray that you'll hear what the Spirit is saying. You might say you've already preached. No, no, there was just some good stuff. But I believe that Spirit of God wants to speak to us through what I'm about to download. Are you ready to lean in? Shifts, and what is it time for? I'm going to talk about shifts first, and then I'm going to talk about what is it time for. I actually feel this is a game changer for the church right now. I believe this is a prophetic word for the church, and it is for me even tonight. Praise God. Everyone well? Praise God. Here's my first question. Which shifts will you be known for? You and I will be known for shifts. We're doing this, and now we no longer do it. We used to do that, but now we no longer do it. And my question to you is this. What shifts will you be known for? Stephen Taylor, what shifts will you be known for? Brett, what shifts will you be known for? Hear the word of the Lord. Some shifts are necessary and need to be fully embraced. For some of us even here tonight, there's some shifts that Father says, I, I need you to shift this a little bit in order to step more closer to me. Maybe it's some things. How about you let some of those things fall to the wayside? How about you make a commitment? I'm, I'm not going to go there anymore. Some shifts that actually step you towards God. Some shifts are really good and need to be fully embraced. But the Lord equally says some shifts are dangerous and need to be avoided at all costs. We live in a time in a world where there are shifts happening on a national and global level to do with identity. Come on to do with who you are, who you're not. There are some shifts that are dangerous and need to be avoided at all costs. And the word of the Lord is, what shifts will you be known for? Huh. I started to look at this and I felt the Lord say, look at what the word shift means. And there's four definitions. I want to read them to you. 
and I want to unpack what the Lord is speaking to me. I want you to stay with me as much in this as we were when we're worshiping and when we're releasing the glory. Can you do that, church? Let's not be Christians that we like the emotional part, but we don't like the deep. Let's go deep. I want to go deep in God. Do you know, I pray you hear my heart here. You know me, you trust me. The reason I can go deep in the ministry and the glory is because I'm deep in the truth and the word of God. It's because I'm deep in God and the stuff that I'm sharing with you. Some people want this stuff, but we got to go into this stuff. Let's go deeper. And maybe that's the shift that needs to happen for some of us. I want that. I want to move in the power like Steve moves in the power. I want to do this. Okay, then maybe the shift is, okay, what did he do to get to that point where he can move in the Holy Ghost like he moves in the Holy Ghost? Because it doesn't just happen like that. What shifts will we be known for? Here's the word shift, the first thing. To move or cause to move from one place to another, especially over a small distance. I was drawn to the, the, and I underlined it where it says, especially over a small distance. And then the Lord started to speak to me and he said, a small shift can be a sign of something larger. And this works in the positive and this works in the negative. And then he showed me a person sitting down on a chair. And they, you know, and someone's talking to them or interrogating them, whatever they're questioning them. And they just do a small shift in their seat. It can be a sign that this person is guilty or this, or this person is nervous. It's, it's like it might be a, just a small shift in a seat, but a small shift in a seat can be a sign of something much more that's going on. Are you with me? Do you get the imagery? A small shift can be a sign of something much larger. And then the Lord said to me, a person picking up a Bible is just such a small thing. It can be a sign of spiritual hunger and commitment. It could be a sign of, man, I used to do things my own way. Some people pick up the Bible all the time, but for someone, it, it could be a small shift that symbolizes something much larger. I'm actually going to start to live by God's Word. Are your movements over a small distance heading in the right direction? Young people, hear me. Are your small shifts, are your movements rather over a small distance heading in the right direction? I'm asking the Holy Ghost to help me to explain this. Please, I, I believe the Spirit of God is talking to some people. The many people that used to go to church, man, that what? Gathering together, we love it, we love it, we love it. Man, we go all the time, we go every week, and now there's been small shifts. Now we don't go, maybe if it's every second week, it doesn't matter as much. I don't, I'm not being religious here, but small shifts are often a sign of something much bigger that's happening on the inside. I, I, I'm going to be bold here, as opposed to what I'm normally am. The less frequent you are in church, the more open you are to the devil's attacks. Full stop. I'll give you a scripture and verse if you want. It's Hebrews 10. It's Hebrews 10. God knows what he is doing. And he says he puts the body together, fitly joined together, supplying everything the body needs. 
you might have the best arm in the world. You rip it off your body and try to occasionally reattach it, it ain't going to be healthy. I don't care how good the arm is. It was created to be permanently attached. But I don't need them. Yes, you do. And they need you. How do we get to this place? Small shifts. Small shifts. What are the small movements and are they in the right direction? <laughs> Young people, it might be, oh, I don't like the way the world does. I'm just going to go out to the club once or I'm just going to go out for one moment or uh, I'm just going to try it once. Choose wisely. I'm not trying to put a burden on you. I'm trying to keep you from years of pain. I'm trying to keep you from years of pain. I'll just look at that once. I'll just click on that once. Come on. Are your small movements heading you in the right direction or the wrong direction? Do you know that no habit ever starts as a habit? In fact, most habits were preceded by someone saying, I got this, I'm fine, it's okay, it's just one time, it's just, I'm just, I'm just hanging, I'm just letting loose, I'm just, I'm just decompressing. And can I tell you where the word habit is used in the Bible? It's what I said before, Hebrews 10, do not forsake the gathering together as some are in the habit of doing. It never started as a habit. Some of us have redefined what it means to be connected to the body and it has not been from God, it's been from COVID. Who is determining our connection to the body, our walk with the body? You might say, but I don't come that often because they don't get me and they don't this and they're not allowing things. You need the body and the body needs you. I better keep on going. The next thing about shift is change the emphasis, direction, or focus of. A shift is to change the emphasis, direction, or focus of. And I heard the Lord say three statements. Here's the first one. It's time to change, to shift from good to best. Some of us are content to do good. God says, I want you to shift to best. And that's the second shift, to shift from self to God. You'll shift from good to best when you shift from self to God. And these are days where God is restoring good is not good enough. It's time to come back to a place where God is what I want. I think it's John Bevere. Is he the one that's got the book, Good or God? Come on. Not everything good is is God's best for us. And the shift is a change of emphasis and it's time for us to come back. And the last thing I felt God say for you as a church, and I've, I, I know I've said this before, but it came to me so strong and it's a shift, it's a change from inviting to sending. In other words, the shift, the focus for us as a church is not inviting people to church, but sending you out. It's about being sent out into the world to be the salt and light. The next thing I want to talk about is um, the third definition is move from a place or rouse oneself 
from a state of inactivity. See, the first thing was about changes over small distances. And the next one was a shift of focus. This is actually to rouse oneself from a state of inactivity. Sitting comatose on the couch and I, I shifted, I, something, something dropped and I go, this is not where I'm going to be for the rest of my life. And I get back in the game. Church and being part of the body of Christ is not I come and attend and uh, that's all I do. We're a member of the body. The member needs to contribute. It's, it's part of the shift is to rouse oneself from a state of inactivity. There are times and seasons, including for some of us in this room, maybe you're in a season of stepping back and resting, then I say, God bless you, and may it be by the Spirit of God all that God's. May He fill you up, may He refresh you, may He do you good, may He give life to you. But I also would say to you, don't, don't stay in that place longer than God intends. And don't choose that place because you don't like what was. Come on, I'm looking at a man right here who wants his body to be in full working order. His foot's doing well, but it could do better. And the whole body notices what's happening in the foot. Can I tell you that the whole body needs to have every member. It might be a small part and no part is meant to be inactive. The Bible says he places every part in the body as he desires. So it supplies everything the body needs. I want to declare by the Spirit of God that the world needs a church that is functioning in a healthy way. Wake up slumbering spirit, my wife just said. This is what it is. I, I heard something the other day, man, I think, and it just hit me in the spirit. I think it was Chris Valentin said, and it was so true. He said, because the body, every part is meant to be fitly joined together. We're all... God wants to give gifts to everyone that we all come and contribute. Are you with me, church? Are you leaning in here? Some of us have been on the sidelines too long. What did, I, what, did I, what did I just say? Sidelongs too long. This is, what you, this is where you need tongues and interpretation. Those who were in the spirit got what I said. The rest of you, shame on you. I heard, <laughs> it's going to mow your blinds. <laughs> Be quiet, Pastor Stephen. I heard someone say recently, as I said, I think it was Chris, he said, every, the body fitly joined together. If you're not sure on this, go and slowly saturate yourself in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Say, Father, speak to me and read it line by line. You can't escape it. I'm not trying to be hard on anyone tonight. I'm just trying to lift up the truth and call us back to God's purposes because this is not about me. It's not about you. It's not about your comfort. It's not about what you like or what you don't like. It's about God being glorified on this earth and lost people coming into relationship with Jesus, which needs a healthy body functioning as God intends it to be. And you need a function in the body and I need a function in the body. But Chris said this. He said, if... In church, it's estimated about 10% of people are involved in serving in the church. He said, just follow this. If 10% of the body is functioning as a church, 
He said, if that was a natural body, that only 10% of it was functioning, that would be severely disabled. We're not called to be a disabled church. Can I just say 60, 70% in the body of Christ is too low. The body says every member, say it with me, every member. I'm giving you scripture. Every member fitly joined together, supplying everything the body needs. I'm not here to make you happy. I'm here to make you healthy. So under this here, praise God, move from one place or rouse oneself from a state of inactivity. This, I'm talking about shift. The, word, the, the Lord spoke to me, Adrian, so clearly before I come, you've got to talk about the shift. And I haven't preached this anywhere, have I? Because this is just, hey, I've actually got notes that God gave me last week for you. So you better be getting something out of this because you don't normally get something from notes from me. Movement is an essential part of the Christian life. Hmm. Maturity is measured by movement towards God. The significance of your spiritual life is not measured by how long you have been saved, but by your movement towards God and your movement with other believers. Okay, I'm going to say something. If you're struggling to get on with other Christians, and this has happened to you before and before and before, and I have conversations with people that just don't understand me, they don't get me, and they're not using me. Maybe you're the one that needs to change. That was what I call a golf clap. Are we meant to clap now or throw something? No one can put a cap on your spiritual growth. When, this is not, when someone doesn't use you in your spiritual gift, it's not God shutting the door, it's probably God shaping your character. So that when you do move in the gift, you actually represent him, not just forward yourself. We've we got to just, no man or woman is stronger than God in your life. And the Bible says the steps of good people are not ordered by the pastor who says you can't do this. Not by the person who says you're actually probably not best suited there. Maybe you're best suited here. And we say, but this is my thing. No, no, the steps of good people are ordered by the Lord. And when a door is shut, I've said this my whole life, no man, no woman can shut a door in my life, Paul, that God wants open. If God, and if it's not opening and I go, but they're standing in the way of God. No, they're not. What is God wanting to get your attention on? What does God want to refine? Maybe it's humility. 
This is actually not about me. This is about the glory of God, the kingdom. So I'm going to get in and I'm going to pray. And I'm going to start to pray more and more for the church and the glory of God. God, use me for your glory. Not I'm going to get upset and I'm going to step back and I'm going to start to talk to people and cause problems. Because that just highlights that you shouldn't be doing what you want to do. Oh, Lord Jesus. I don't know. I just sometimes, I, I, I might not get invited back. I, 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 just, I just think we're living in a world right now that needs a jolly good slapping around the side of the head. Seriously. But it needs to happen in the church. They're stopping me doing this. Stop it. Stop it. Just stop it. Are we good, Will? God gave Joseph a dream. It was a clear prophetic dream. This is what's going to happen in your life. Well, then we're going to walk towards it. We're going to step into it now. No, no, no. We're going to get betrayed by brothers who actually were part of the, I thought I, they were the ones that were going to be serving me, and now I'm a slave to them. If, that, if that's not cutting down your dream, if that's not cutting down, if that's not someone standing in the way of God's plan, I don't know what is. And then we go and we're in Potiphar's house, sold as a slave. But I thought, God, you said this. And so I'm going to serve you. I'm going to serve you with a sweet and pure heart. What happened, the betrayal will not derail me. And I'm going to serve you in a way that glorifies you. And when I do, I get falsely accused of rape. Well, now I've got a reason. Now I've got an excuse. This is not fear, God. I am out of here. No, 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 no. I will flee that thing and I will end up in prison, falsely accused. But in prison, I'm going to glorify God and the betrayal will not define me. The accusation will not define me. I am going to glorify my God and I'm going to shine the light right here because He's given me a prophetic thing and this is not looking like it. But man cannot close a door that God is opening in my life. And then he gets an opportunity to move in spiritual gifts. Come on, prophecy and revelation and dreams. Wow, this is it. Now I've arrived and just remember me and then I've forgotten for another two years in a filthy prison. Well, now I've got reason to step back. God just keeps on letting me down and they keep on doing this and my brothers and my employer, come on, Potiphar. And now, now the king and the authorities, some of us are complaining so much against the authorities. I want to re- lovingly rebuke you and say, start praying for them and stop speaking against them because that's what the Bible says to do. But here's it. And then he finally is remembered. He comes out and now 13 years later, he's in the place where the prophecy comes to pass. And now fast forward to 
22 years after the prophecy is where he reveals himself to his brothers and he came out with something that should mark all of our lives. He said to his brothers, you sold me as slaves. He didn't deny the reality of what they did, but he said, you sold me as slaves, but God sent me ahead of you to prepare and save a nation. You sold, but God sent. We got to stop letting the people selling us become bigger than the God sending us. And God can send us even when people are selling us out. They can take away your life and you can still be shining like Stephen who's getting stoned to death in the book of Acts. And his prayer is not, save me, save me. Why are they doing this? God, I'm serving you. It's God, don't hold the sin against them. Show them your mercy. Show them your grace. And from that prayer of a man that says, you can't actually be more bigger in my life than God. Whew. The terrorist saw was released to encounter Jesus on the road to Damascus and became the Apostle Paul because someone said, I'm sorry, you can't close the door on my life that God wants open. Anyone getting anything from this? If you're struggling with it and battling in it, can I tell you, it's because God's got your number in the most loving way. It says time to submit, realign, and embrace the body of Christ and start to come back under the sovereignty of God. I can picture in mind some of you coming up after this year, but Steve, but can I just say, can, can, don't. Don't. You're very special to God, but you're not a special case. We're very special to God. But our reality is not far worse than everyone else's reality. Our perception might be. You, you've got people. God's doing something right now. Don't fight God. Don't resist me by fighting and fight God. Just, just lean in. This is about the health of the body. For the sake of the church. And the sake of the world. Come on. And the sake of the glory of God. There is a place. For you, there's a place for me. But don't let something that stands in the way be the thing that causes you to step back from the God that you say, I just want to serve him. Did you just hear that? Because when I was saying, I was going, that's good, Lord. All I want to do is serve him. But when I can't serve him, I step back from God and I step back from my brothers and sisters. Well, is it that we actually want to serve the Lord or we want to do something? Come on. If we're stepping back, why? I can tell you right now, it's not God itself. I don't want to be insensitive to what anyone's gone through in the body of Christ. Do you know that I've been through betrayal and accusation as a pastor by another pastor? I've been accused when I was in a, a teenager and a youth leader of things that I never did that gutted me. I, I have been through it. But I praise God was able to separate God from what people do. And I'm grateful because I sometimes as a person do things that I regret. Anyone else? 
I want to receive mercy from God and I want to see, receive forgiveness from other people. How about you? I'm glad that I'm not kept to a moment of my worst mistake in my life. So why are we holding brothers and sisters to that? Come on. Freely you've received. Now freely give. But they don't deserve it. Nor did I, nor did you, nor did any one of us. I just, this is not where I tended to go, but I just feel the heart of the Father yearning. I want my body to be one. Jesus himself said, may they be in me and I in them. May they be one even as we are one. Then it says, so that the world may know. Can I just cry out to everyone in this room? Please get over yourself. Move past any barriers any of these lids that we've contained ourselves in and even under the guise of protecting ourselves, but it's actually made us insular. God says, let it all go. Give it all to God. Say, God, I need your grace. God, I need your grace to help me to forgive, to release. But Lord, I don't want that thing to become like a poison in me because the Bible says that that poison in you, can, if it's not treated, will defile many is what the Bible says. It's this time for the body of Christ to be healthy, to be strong, to be unified. And unity, as I've said before, is not agreement on issues. It is actually about being united in the Holy Spirit. That's what unity is. May we be one as you are one. That's unity. Our benchmark is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And they've got different roles. Come on. But they are in complete unity. There is no hierarchy or climbing ladder in the body of Christ. You don't become an assistant leader so that you can become a, a senior leader. You don't become a youth leader so that you become an associate pastor. You don't become an associate pastor so that you may become a senior pastor. That is the world's way of doing things. We are not here to climb a ladder. We are here to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We are here to take the part that He has given us, offer it back to Him and say, Lord, use me for your glory. If you pour my life out, pour it out, God. If I am never seen, that's okay, God, because it's about you being seen. It's time for purity to come back to our motivation when it comes to serving in the church and being connected to the body. Some of you today, the word of the Lord is let it go, let it go, let it go. I want God to be glorified, church. I want God to be glorified. I want God to be glorified. I want to tell you the prophetic words that have come over this region, even through myself and Sally, over the years that we've been here, are far greater than we are presently seen. But it is God's intention. And I feel that we go to many places and we travel the world. You guys are just our closest friendships and we're part of your family and we've declared things. But I want to say his, his desire for this region through your life, your life, your life, your life, your life, your life life, our life is much greater than we know. And I'm calling us to get past ourselves, come together. How can I serve? How can I be a part? Because I want to be a member that is fitly joined together, not dislocated. 
We were not called to be dislocated. We were called to be God-located, God-placed. Please, please hear me, hear me, hear me. If you really want to do something and the door's not opening, please, 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 don't sit on a place there against me. Sit on a place there, okay, God, what is it you want me doing right now where I can flourish in the house of the Lord and I can be a blessing? Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I started on my notes. Let me read these couple of statements, then I'm going to consolidate what it is time for and just laying on what I feel. Father, same for us tonight. The fourth definition of shift is to change gear in a vehicle. Change gear. Everyone say change gear. And here's the three statements the Lord said to me. We need to have God's wisdom on when to change gears. Have you been in a car with drivers that change gears way too early and you're like, please don't do that. Wait till we get the revs up a little bit. You almost feel like you need to get out and push the thing. You can change gears too early. Have you heard people that rev it to the point where you think the engine's about to explode and like change already? There's more than one gear in this thing. You can change gears too late. Are you with me, church? We need to ask God for his wisdom on when to change gears. This is shift. This is shift. We're talking shift. We're talking shift. We need to ask God, when do I shift? When do I not shift? Because sometimes we're shifting when we should be standing still. And sometimes we're standing still when we should be shifting. We need to have God's wisdom on whether to change up or to change down a gear. I need you to hear the word of the Lord. Elijah, when he was confronted by Jezebel after he just destroyed the prophets of Baal and had their greatest victory, he 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 got intimidated and all these things because what did he need in that moment? He needed to change down the gear and go and get aside with the Lord. The Lord ended up forcing the issue. There are some people that are running so hard constantly and the Lord's trying to wave and say, would you come and sit with me a while? Would you shift from serving like Martha, who's now distracted by many things, and would you come and sit at my feet? Would you shift down a gear, which is not down in the way we define it? Sometimes the shifting down a gear is actually going up a level in God. But then there's other people that, I've been sitting in neutral for a long time. The Lord says it's time to shift up again. But let God define it for you. And when he speaks, it's not normally for the rest of your life. It's for that season. I think in the body of Christ, we need to do better at understanding seasons. For everything, there is a time and a season for every activity under heaven. 
If we don't have time for something, maybe it's because it's not under heaven. Do I shift up? Do I shift down? I need to hear what the Lord is saying. And that's what, what is it time for? What is it time for? And the last thing on that that the Lord said to me is we must not prescribe our season onto another person. This is a word that's about to shift something in this atmosphere. I need everyone listening to me. You need to ask, and I need to ask, Father, what is it time for? See, I know I'm going into a season in a couple of weeks where I know the Lord is telling me to shift down again and get some rest because of what's been going on. Other times, even when it's busy, it's like, Steve, shift up again, keep on going, pressing for me, pressing for more, pressing for more. But here's where we get into trouble. When God is telling you to take some rest and you see other people conquering things and you think that they're missing it, they're missing it. They should be resting in God more. They're advancing. Don't prescribe your season onto them. And if you are, God is saying, Right now, come on, it's time to shift up again. It's time to power ahead. It's time to get up. It's time to get in the battle. It's time to take kingdom territory. Time to take kingdom territory. And someone else, God is saying, you're in a season. I just want you to rest. I want you to. I just want you to take some time with me for a season. Don't look at them and say, you're lazy. You need to get up and get going. Don't prescribe your season on them. Do you receive the word of the Lord? The question is, what is Father saying, this is your time for? Many people say, what time is it? It's the wrong question. The, the, the right question is, what is it time for? I need you to just get this. I'm, I'm wrapping this up. Not what time is it? Even some of you right now, it's, it's come on, it's time to finish. It's, it's, it's 10 past. No, no, not what time is it. What is it time for? For everything, there is a time. For everything, there is a time. I actually believe this is a game changer in my life. Callum, it's in your life. Joel, is in your life. Carol's in your life. It's in all of our lives. What is it time for? You're in a conversation. You're in a conversation. And you know what? Maybe it's getting a little bit heated and maybe you know what you want to say because you're going you're gonna to bring them around. How about we listen to the Holy Ghost and go, what is it time for? Because he might say it's time to bring some truth. He might be like Jesus modeled to us many times and he did not utter a word. So is it a time, and you read Ecclesiastes 3, a time to be silent, a time to speak. I need to know what is it time for right now. Do I speak or be silent? Many relational issues are founded in the fact that we did not the wrong thing, but we were out of sync with the timing of God. We were silent when we should have spoken. It's not speaking or not speaking. It's what is it the time for? Someone's been bullied. Maybe it's the time to speak up. Maybe people are saying things that you don't like and theologically and you go, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. Steve, it's not your battle. What is it time for? Not what time is it. What is it the time for? Are you with me? This is a game changer. You're going through things, you get bad news, and you start to go down the automatic, instinctive, emotional thing. What is it time for right now? Is it time to worry? Is it time to be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving? Present your request to God, and the peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Christ. This is a time for thanksgiving, not for worry. But I've got to choose one or the other. It's not what time is it. What is it time for? Let me ask you a question in your marriage. What is it time for? Young people in your life, 
Not what time is it, what class, but what is it time for? What is God wanting to do in your life right here, right now? Every one of us, what is it time for? Because then if you can hear the Holy Spirit in that, that will give you clarity on what shift I need to make. When we are not in tune with what it is time for, that's when we shift in the wrong direction. Many in the church have started to shift in the wrong direction when it comes to gender and sexuality and other things because they have not heard from Father what this is time for. It's all about love now and inclusivity, and we're just going to be kind and loving to everyone. Well, sometimes it's actually a time for truth that is spoken in love, not just love that is actually at the expense of truth, which, by the way, is no love at all. What is it time for right now? What is it time for right now? What is it time for right now? Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to finish with these couple comments. And then I'm going to pray and we're done tonight. And we're going to come back tomorrow morning. And we're going to do it again. I'm really challenged in the moment to say, Father, what is it time for? But I want you to hear my honesty, and I pray that it encourages you. Sometimes I don't ask him what it's time for because I know he might ask me to do something I don't want to do. I hope you are laughing with me as in, yeah, I get that. If I don't hear, then I'm not disobeying, I suppose. Yeah, I'm so glad I'm in a room full of people who go, hey, you just pegged me right there. I'm learning. Everyone say, Steve's learning. I'm learning to understand when I know I want to do something. And I'm not talking about bad stuff. I'm talking about maybe it's good stuff, but it's just not the best stuff that God wants to do. I, I, I'm starting to realize that if I ask him, Father, what's in your heart right now for me? What is it time for? That if he says something different than what I want to do, while in the moment it might be different than I want, I know because God authored it, it's going to be better for me. It comes down, do I trust him or not? Do I trust him or not? And I want to say this one other thing because it leapt off the page at me. Uh, and, and you can read this in Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 10, about when Peter and John are going into the temple at the time of prayer. And they go through the, tape, the gate beautiful, and there's a lame man that's by the side, and everyone's going in. Because what time is it? It's time for prayer. That's where we're going. And here's a man who's calling out. Many people go past. Why? Listen, please, listen. Because they see that as a distraction because we're going here. But the word beautiful means timely. It actually means of an opportune time. 
And as they're going through that, they turn aside. And they're meant to be going to pray, but they turn aside and they encounter this man. You know this story, such as I have, I give unto you. He receives his, his healing. He comes and then leaping and dancing and praising. They go into the temple. Everyone recognizes him because he is the man that was sitting at an opportune time. But they went past him. And here's what the Lord said to me. Many go past. What time is it? What, not, not what is it time for? What, what, sorry, not what is it? What time is it? But what is it time for? Because we often are going here to do this and, and we go, I don't want to be distracted. But the, this is what the Lord said to me. Don't confuse distractions with assignments. See, it says they went up to the temple at the time of prayer. That's what time it is. But what is it time for? What what time is it? It's time for prayer. It's time to go here. It's time to go there. But right now, the Holy Ghost is saying, I've got an assignment. And we miss our assignments because we think they're distractions, but the distraction itself is the actual assignment. Did that make any sense to anybody? If you've planned to do this and do that, and hey, Father, drop someone into, this afternoon's planned out, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm looking forward to it, I, I, it's going to be great, and someone drops into your mind and you feel, I just give them the call, you go, but hang on, I, I, that's, that's a distraction, well maybe it's your assignment. Don't miss your assignments, because you see them as distractions. And the very last thing I want to say to you is this, the word distraction is not just doing something different than you planned. Well, that's where it starts. The Lord said to me that God's power is provided for what he authors in the moment. And the word distraction, distraction, dis, the absence or removal, traction, power provided for movement. If you've got a four-wheel drive stuck in the mud, you need traction, power provided for movement. Distraction is removing the power that you need to move forward in God. So when you are doing something different than what God authors and you go, this is just hard work, it's good stuff, but it's not what God calls you to do, then you need to understand, I need to remove the distraction. I, I actually need to get back onto God's page because that's when the power flows. See, I, I, as I go along ministering to you guys here, I, I can have notes <laughs> and sometimes I get through them, but sometimes the Holy Ghost is doing something over here. Now, if I ignore him and come over here, while it might be fine preaching, I can tell you right now the power will not flow like it is over here when I'm ministering. But if I'm ministering, the Lord says, now it's time to preach the word like he did tonight and I keep on flowing here, then I'm stepping outside of God's grace zone and then I get into my own and I start to go beyond what God wants to do. And then I start to think I can do this and I can do that. The power is provided for what God has authored in the moment. The steps of a good person are ordered by the Lord. Since you live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. And that means if He says about face, about face. But I thought we were going that way into the temple at the time of prayer. But I've got an assignment in a lame man who you're about to release life to. So my question is what shifts? And need it in our lives so that we stay on assignment with God. How fitly are we joined together? 
How much are we letting go of the past so that God is glorified? The world is giving a shining example of Jesus Christ through the church of Jesus Christ, which is his bride, which is his body. Praise God. Will you stand with me and we'll pray, eh? Woo! <laughs> what shifts will you be known for? And what is it time for? Father, thank you for your extreme goodness. <laughs> your radical fanatical, over-the-top goodness. I just hear the Lord saying right now, some of you struggle with this whole thing of being too radical, fanatical. I just hear the Lord say, think about my love, and it's pretty radical and fanatical. I sent my son. I hear the Lord just say, no limits, no limits, no limits. No limits on your closeness to God. I hear the Lord say to you, there's no limits, there's no limits, there's no If right now as I'm saying that you're going, yeah, but this is, I want you to say, God, I give that but to you. I give that thought to you right now. Come on, do it right now. I give it to you. I will not believe the lie anymore because the lie is what keeps me enslaved in my present position, not the thing itself. God, I pray that truth will prevail in the church of Jesus Christ. I take authority over every spirit of deception, every lie of the enemy that has said to people too long that you are a victim of your circumstances and, and you are limited because of this or that. No, God, we break that off and we say that he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And God, that we are filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And God in me is greater than anything else that has ever happened, whatever happened, that hasn't happened. Oh God, we are not diminishing that. We are just elevating you. God must increase and I must decrease. And God, we just say together as one, Lord, if there's shifts in my life, even this week, would you lovingly say, hey, maybe you need a turn this off or turn that on or pick up your Bible or put down that book or whatever it may be. Maybe it's I want you to forgive that person or encourage that person. Father, if there's something, maybe it's I want you to serve here or serve there. Maybe for some it's maybe I, I, you need to repent of this attitude or that thing that you did or are holding on to. Father says, I want you to be free. Father says, I want you to be free. Father says, I want you to be free. It's time to be free. It's time to be free. It's time to be free because it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So God, let us know what it is time for, and let us be all in for the God who gave everything for us. We pray these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.